Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. As always, I'm your host, Brady Wilson, and I'm with my co-host, Chase Olschwanger. What's going on? And uh, just a quick thing, if I do sound a little bit weird or different, I'm getting over a sinus infection, so hopefully it doesn't affect the broadcast too much, but just if I sound a little bit, you know, more, <laughs> just a little bit different, that's, that's why. And, uh, well, we'll kick it off with the stars here, 35, 34, 15, and 8. Still first in the Central, still second in the West. You know, a couple tough losses, but we said this, you know, this is a tough month, a lot of road games. And uh, we got the Senators uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. We lost the Rangers 3-1 to yesterday. So, I mean, it's had an overtime loss. It just, you know, they're, it's it's fine. It's a, it's a rough month. Yeah, a couple tough losses, you know, as you mentioned, the overtime loss versus the Bruins. You know, another great team. But, we, you know, like you said, we, we, we a couple weeks ago came into this episode talking about, you know, this month of February, a road trip. And a bunch of tough games, especially on this road trip. But the Stars are holding their own. They're holding their ground. And they're still playing well. You know, you can have these losses here and there. You just got to figure out ways, you know, to win. Yeah, yeah on the road, especially against these good teams. Because that's what they're going to have to do late down the stretch. Yeah, they better uh, talk to Bruce Bochy. They need to be approaching there. All right, here's how you win on the road, boys. We got to do this. But, yeah, I think that they've, uh, you know, coming out of the All-Star break, have been okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, they've been fine. And we, 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 have, we, had, we did have some injuries this week. That was also part of we lost... I can't remember everybody that we did lose, but it was a few players that were scratched, and you know, just they, need the, they may need a day. So, well, full, you know, trade deadline. I don't know what the trade deadline is, but I know that it's got to be coming up soon. You could, I could, I could see us making some more depth pieces and additions. I, I think, like we've said, defenseman, maybe a third goalie. Yeah, and then I can't think of much else that we would desperately need. I mean, from the attacking, you know, offensive end, there's not much needed when no. everyone's on there. Well, on the ice, I mean, no. It's a, um, it's a deadly offense. The only, the only fear is that after, you know, all-star, not after the all-star, after the trade deadline, guy goes down. Right. And then you're, you may call up Stankoven or Bork or yeah. one yeah. of those things. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it'll be an Evan Carter situation. Might, as, might, might do that. Yeah. You never know. But, yeah, Stars doing well. Uh, we got, like I said, we've got the Senators tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, in Ottawa. So, hopefully we can get back on track with a win. And then the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, the NBA is an all-star game, all-star break, right? So time to recoup and just rest. And The Mavs definitely came in strong. Six-game winning streak, beat the Sixers, Nets, Knicks, Thunder, Wizards, and Spurs. Did a pretty good demolishing of the Spurs. Remember, they, you know, that's Pop at the end, and Pop was just like, I mean, they have Kyrie and Luka. What do, what, what do, you, want me, what do you want me to do? Like, I, <laughs> nothing you can do to stop those guys. Uh, we got the hated, vile, evil empire... Phoenix Suns tomorrow at 6.30 national television. Is it ESPN national television or TNT? TNT? Yeah, TNT. Dang. Um, but right now... Well, third, you, you don't get it? Well, I have to go through HBO Max just as <laughs> freaking Fubo does the Turner channels. Uh, 32-23, 7th in the West. But if we do win this game, it does flip, like yes. you were saying earlier. Yes, this uh, is actually the final. It is a three-game uh, season for the Suns and Mavs. Uh, you know, typically it's three and four. Or four, mostly four, especially for other Western Conference teams. But it's only three between the Mavs and the Suns. And this game will be the tiebreaker. And the Suns have a half-game lead on the Mavs. And if the Mavs pull this game out, they will swap seedings. So hopefully the Mavs, you know, got everyone got healthy. Exum should be returning. Um, the team right now, I think, everyone's good to go. So, you know, Luka got a lot of rest. You know, a much-needed rest. Kyrie got a much-needed rest. And everybody should be ready to go. Yeah, it's uh, rest was needed, and I think mm -hmm. it also gives the team a chance to maybe 
like we said, rest, but also maybe, I don't know what they were doing over the Australia. Maybe they all met for stakes and just kind of right. get to know the new guys. And, mm-hmm. and they've looked really well. Yeah. You know, I mean, PJ and, and, and Gafford have just looked just excellent with us. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people have the expectations of PJ being the more significant, I guess you could say, role when it comes to just pure effectiveness on the floor. Um, but, you know, it's been the opposite. Gafford, I mean, both of them are great. You know, PJ's been, you know, a huge addition in athletic, athletic, excuse me, athleticism-wise. Um, and Gafford has just been, you know, that guy as well, the lob threat defender. And I feel like he's been lively when Lively's out. Right, exactly. Now adding them both back, you know, Lively came off the bench the other night. I think I'm pretty sure the whole he'll be back in the starting rotation. It was just you know a minute restriction, getting back in the work of things. Well, just that, but I don't know the college. I know I don't know the I don't know the college basketball ranks probably as well as you do. What's their season like? Because like I know that's a problem sometimes for for guys in baseball going from you know a double A season to the major league season they get like Josh Young I don't the injury may have actually helped him in, in a way from not getting fatigued but you kind of saw that when he got called up for the first time he kind of was a little fatigued just because he hasn't played that long does that could that be something they want to I, I hate this term but load manage load yeah. management with lively I don't know how long the basketball season is in the NCAA I assume it's not 80 you know 82 games no I mean NCAA they'll play what do they play it 28 regular season games excluding you know just regular season out outside the tournament okay, the so conference. It's, a, there's, it's a lot more in the nba then oh yeah 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 okay i mean so, you'll play a max of what 35 games in the ncaa if so, you go all the way to the final four and win it i think so basically it's not even half a season you would prefer lively maybe even sit a couple games just because you don't want to get fatigued right, but lively came back you know it, first off it wasn't like an ankle or hamstring or anything he just had a broken nose right no i know that. i'm just saying that you don't want him to because there is a, a, you know, he's prepared for 35 game seasons potentially. I mean, he played at Duke. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Played at Duke, so he, you know, played a lot of games. But then you go to the NBA where you got 80 something, you know, 82. Then you got mm-hmm. the playoffs. Sure. You know what I mean, so it's. Sure. But, you know, I mean, it was the final game before the All Star break. A team uh, like the Spurs, you know, you should be in the Mavs, you know, handled them well. So you didn't have to really work him back in that much. You played him 15, 20 minutes. That's exactly what you what you needed to do to get him back into things. And then the all-star break hits. So the Mavs played it well. You know, he's he's good to go. He might still be wearing the mask, but he's good to go. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the season to, you know, they say the second half, but there's only, you know, I think we have 27 games left. So yeah. it's not really another half, but it's the second half. And this is the, this is crunch time. So everybody needs to, you know, stay on the floor, keep the consistent, you know, great offensive and great uh, defensive performances. And as I go back to my point about P.J. Washington and Gafford additions, you can tell P.J. on the floor doesn't look 100% comfortable as a scorer yet. And I know we mentioned this last week a little bit, you know, coming from Charlotte where you're the number one, number two option on the floor at all times, going to the Mavericks where you're, you know, at best the number three option on the floor, right? So it'll take time to transition as you know, that third, fourth option offensively. But when he does and gets more comfortable and rely on him more, you know, to go to work and, sc- and you know, score more, I think he'll be a- and look a lot more effective. I think PJ was more of just a, we need someone to fill Grant Williams, Grant Williams spot. But better. On the roster, <laughs> Gafford was a lively, we need someone, we need a second center. Yeah. We need a second big man, clearly. So I think Gafford addressed a bigger need, but PJ was thought of as the, "Quote, quote, quote, unquote, better player," right. but they both, both and also additions. both guys being twenty five years old. So not only did we get what we needed, we got younger. And and there's long term. These pieces, are long term deals, yes. Which is nice, and for what you gave up. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you only gave up what two first round picks mm-hmm. for each of them. Two so, first round picks. So look at them as your first round picks. Yeah, exactly. 
So I, I think it was both good deals. And to split here for a second, you didn't, I didn't put it on here, but I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. UNT basketball yeah. has been killing it lately. And I know you've been on TV a couple of times at the games. <laughs> I've seen it um, uh, as part of the UNT Mean Green, uh, what do they call the Maniacs? Mm-hmm. But UNT basketball, I don't have it in front of me or anything, but they have been, they are they are threatening the, a potential tournament run. Yeah, so, you know, you know, as UNT students, I feel like, you know, we haven't talked about them much on the podcast, so we'll talk about them now we'll, a little. We'll talk a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Once college basketball gets to the tournaments and gets to the you know, NCAA tournament, we'll get more into it, I'm sure. But yeah, no, 14 and 11 UNT record. And it doesn't sound so popping, right, as of what we're making it sound like. But then you look at the NCAA rankings and you filter the D1 luck rankings. And that is a true statistic. There is there is a bunch of different statistics out there and there's luck. And we are 361st out of 362 teams in the country in luck rating. So we are the second unluckiest team in the nation with nine three to five point losses. So really unfortunate losses. But yeah, for the American Conference... It is a toss-up. There really isn't a true number one team in the conference. You know, everybody thought Memphis was the best, and then Memphis comes again last week, and we beat them by 10, injured. So the the, the tournament is a toss-up. The conference is a toss-up, and I'm really excited. You know, I'm going to be there at the conference tournament in, at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth when it's, you know, a couple weeks. So does that, and this is, I'm just going to do this for people who may not know, does every team go to the tournament for the conference, or is it only the top whatever teams i i think it's so i don't know if you want to bring utsa no 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 no. rice temple no i don't think i think it's like maybe eight or ten teams or how many people how many teams are in the conference we're six right now we're in we're we're in six yeah we're fine we'll be there um i don't i'm not sure if it's any no there's 14 teams in the conference i bet i I figured they take eight i bet it's eight or ten yeah i bet it's eight so I don't know exactly how many teams can be eligible for the conference. I mean, for the for the big tournament, is it the conference winner, or can you be eligible being the runner up? There's a chance at the runner up. And now, if UNT is the runner up, I don't think so. Okay. But if UNT makes it, win it, but they, you know, we beat either FAU or Memphis in the championship game. FAU or Memphis could still sneak their way in because they've, you know, FAU beat Arizona this year and they were ranked. All, up until last week. So they still have the resume during the season to still get, you know, that automatic bid. But the American Conference is a good conference and there could be, but it's not it's not going to get, you know, that recognition of Big 12, Big 10, Big East, no. SEC, right? It's up there. It's a top 6, 7 conference for sure. Um easily. So coming up we got UTSA yeah. at home and then we got to go to Tulane, mm-hmm. which should be fun because we almost we remember, we remember. So I was at that game. We were all there together. Yeah. And someone, uh, one of their players was he was really John off at us. <laughs> which is, it, was really, it was really funny um, because when you're if you like if, when I was a kid going to high school games and I'd mouth off to players. These guys are almost grown men, but now we're almost the same level as these guys on the floor. They're <laughs> right. not that much older. You're older than I am. But then we got East Carolina, FAU, and then Rice. So really. Games that you should win, except for I mean FAU and East Carolina are good. F- then, I mean FAU, yeah. As I said, they were just ranked. We went in, we went into FAU a couple weeks ago and we lost by three off a game winning shot. You know, unlucky. speaks for our season. Unlucky, exactly. That's why we're ranked three hundred sixty first in luck. So I mean, it's <laughs> uh, we 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 have a really good shot at potentially a tournament run, and even then, NIT is almost I think a lock for us. It feels like yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, the NIT tournament is still a win of something, which is still really cool. You know, I truly think that this team, healthy, because we're still without CJ Nolan and Ruben Jones, two of our best guards. And now Jason Edwards is our best guard, but, you know, 
Ruben Jones, CJ Nolan, two of our My best guy, players. CJ, yeah, Buckshatchy alum, and they have not been healthy for five weeks now. Yeah, and it's it's been rough because we really only have one ball handler initiator on the floor, whatever. Right? It's it's so this team fully healthy. I really think the ceiling, if they find a way to make it to the tournament, I think the ceiling is a Sweet Sixteen appearance. Sweet. appearance. Yeah, I really do. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but off that now. Moving to, I mean, the All Star Game. Most people now. You love basketball, like I love baseball. And so, to you, I'm sure it could have been a real stink. It could have, it, it, it could have been a stinker, and you probably would have been. That was a great game, just because you love you love basketball. But a lot, like the prevailing theory I saw from a lot of people was just it was bad. Sure, I mean, people want to see the best players in the world be competitive. I think it's a lot of people who aren't our age and are older and can remember MJ and Kobe in mm-hmm. those All Star games, mm-hmm. and. I understand why they don't want to like go hard in the game. I get it, but I still think you should. And then, and that's just because you want to see. Now, football. I understand why they didn't because football is a lot more fluky than you know. Sure. I mean, Drake Greenlaw gets hurt in the Super Bowl celebrating. Yeah. Right. So football, you have those fluky injuries. So I understand why they went to the flag. Right. Even then, I think you can go hard. They actually was entertaining to watch. They were actually they were trying. Mm-hmm. It was just backyard football. Right. Which is a lot of fun to watch, I think, from these guys. But with basketball, it just was, it was fine. But it was, I, I still maintain baseball has the best All Star weekend and the best All Star game. I still maintain that mm-hmm. because I think, and I, I'm not saying because we used to have that screw rule that really I hate it so much. The one where the winner of the All Star game gets home field advantage of the World Series. Yeah. Oh, and what was one of the years the National League won it? Oh, yeah, 2011. You know, that's super cool. Super cool, guys. What, what way to go. And what, this past right. year, too, right? I think Elias yeah, Diaz hit and the then, yeah, walk-off or whatever. Hit the go-ahead home run against, yeah. against Bautista. But it was... Plus, the All-Star game will be coming to Texas this year. So, hopefully, I can go. But we'll see. But uh, at this time, we're moving to baseball. It is my time to remind everybody that we are the defending World Series champions, the Texas Rangers. Because position players have now reported to spring training. And so, everybody... The gang is back together. Except for, four, <laughs> except for except for four players, four <laughs> players are no are not in spring training right now. That is Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, and Matt Chapman. And so I also make a note: screw Scott Boris, and I hope that he retires tomorrow. It'd be great for baseball. It, it's frustrating because they should be signed. You should be excited to have him on your team. I said Blake Snell should go to the Orioles. If I was the Orioles' new uh, new owner, I don't know when new ownership takes over or if they already have taken over. That'd be the first person I'm calling. You think, oh. you think they might have because Corbin Burns already? I mean, I mean they have Corbin Burns, but they they needed an ace. They mm-hmm. got one, but imagine two aces. I mean, especially that Bradish. Did you hear about, yeah, you hear about yeah, Bradish? Yeah, yeah. Sprained his UCL, which they're going to try to avoid Tommy John surgery. But let me give you a little hint: it's probably going to have to happen. That's just usually what happens. It very rarely do you see a guy hurt his UCL in some capacity and him not need Tommy John mm-hmm. at some point with that. But, yeah, it's just bad for baseball. It's just bad to see these teams, you know, not signing these guys. And I don't know who to blame. So I'm going to blame Scott Boris. I'm going to say it like last time. I'm going to blame Boris. I'm not going to blame the players because, I mean, they hired him, yes, but he's the, probably the best agent in sports history, arguably, just for what he does for his clients. I mean, he, he, he gets them the biggest contracts. The problem is he's bad for baseball because— and I figure we'd have Montgomery because we have a relationship with Boris. You know, Seager's a Boris client, and we have, I think we have a couple. I think Simeon may be a Boris client as well. I think we have a few others that are, you know, part of that Boris corporation. But, you know, I hope Monty comes back, but I'm not holding my breath. 
basically. At this point, you don't I mean it's just a toss up. At this point, I'm just so frustrated with it. I just I'm frustrated. I'd rather like, just it's like at this point, are, are like these guys even gonna play? If I was them, I if I was the Rangers, I would walk up to Montgomery and I'd offer him like say, hey, do you want to do a two year deal? But see, the thing is, he's getting up there in age. So does he want to do a shorter term deal and risk not being as effective? But I would look at it like he's not a hard thrower. He's not a flame thrower. He's a control pitcher that works off of you know his really weird slot, all that. I think that that would. You know, you're not really. It's not. It's different than if you know, someone like Jacob Degrom is a flamethrower that has injury problems. I, I would walk up to Montgomery and say, if you want a very a large car, I'll offer you two sixty. Right now, and it's thirty million dollars a year, <laughs> but I'd offer you two sixty and defer a bunch of that because we are pushing luxury tax right now. And I understand why the ownership doesn't want to go because the luxury tax, the penalties went up, so the penalties, um, uh. The penalties. I'm trying to think, if you go, if you're, if you're over the luxury tax for a certain amount of years and consecutive, you know, consecutively, you get draft picks taken away. You get so they've upped the penalties, so which is frustrating. But hey, we'll, we'll see what the Rangers decide to do. Yeah. Bellinger, I still think he's going back to the Cubs. Chapman, I have no idea. I think the Giants make a lot of sense, but I don't know. And then Snell, I thought Yankees. Yeah, but we'll see. Just we'll have, we'll have to wait and see with these guys. And I hate it. I hate it because it. There's a bit of time where we're all getting excited for baseball season and four of the best players aren't aren't assigned with anybody. Mm-hmm. Frustrating. Uh, that's really it for baseball. I mean, Rangers, Josh Young, Hardest Calf, don't read much in it. He'll be fine. The, I, I love I, I love being able to sit and watch all of the, and this is air quoting here at my hands here, fans <laughs> freak out about every little thing in spring training. I've always found it hilarious. It's more just precaution. Not even that, but I'm freaking about everything. Like everyone's, I literally had to turn on, I turned on 105.3 and Jared Sandler was talking about how <laughs> don't read much into the fact that Cody Bradford, no, no, sorry, Dane Dunning, apparently there was people, there are people that think, and I know he was saying this because he's probably seen it. I don't think Sandler would say this because he just wants to say it, that they don't read much into the fact that Dane Dunning is starting the first Cactus League game. Well, no bleep. Like that's common sense. Yeah. That he's not going to be our opening day starter, barring catastrophic injuries, he's not our opening day guy. So no, because he, he he pointed out Glenn Otto started the first catch league game last year. Glenn Otto. Yeah. So I'm like, are there people that are worried that Dane Dunning is going to be the number one starter because he started the first spring training game? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I mean, what are your thoughts about all of it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just. I don't even know, man. I mean, as I mean, just I'm just ready for baseball season to be back. And I know that you know Rangers have you know dealing with some injuries. You know, Young, as you said, Seager's still working his way back. But um, yeah, he had the he, he had he had the hernia. Yeah, but I mean, again, he should be good to go for opening day. That's what you know. That's what the reports were. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just I'm ready. I'm excited. I want Monty back. I don't care what the other people do unless they you know, unless they unless they come here. <laughs> right. I mean, I, but uh. I want Monty back, and it's unfortunate that we have to wait so long. And it's like, I wonder, does this even does this affect him? Like, is he even working out right now? Like, oh yeah, he's working out. Everyone's working out. I mean, like, but he is—is is he involved in like spring training? I mean, no, that is not with the team, but no? he is working out. I sure. guarantee you, these guys probably—they probably don't work out rigorously until at least December. They probably start ramping up, especially pitchers. I remember seeing stuff of Aroldis Chapman. I think in January he was already starting to throw again. Because 
it's how you help. It's how you help limit arm injuries. Is ramping your arm back up. Mm-hmm. It's how you help limit the injuries. But you need time off and time to ramp back up. Of course. It's weird. Um, that's really it for baseball. There's just, I mean, he, uh, yeah, next month is just a dead period, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, it's spring training, and games start Thursday tomorrow. There's yeah. there's a game, which is kind of cool. I thought it was Friday. No, oh, oh uh, Rangers, Rangers are Friday. Rangers are Friday. Yeah. There is a game tomorrow. Okay. Uh, which is hey, baseball's back tomorrow officially with yeah. with with the game. There will be organized activity. It's uh, Gavin Stone versus Joe Musgrove, pa- Dodgers Padres for probably an inning. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, hey, it's still cool. Still spring training. I always, you know, I love I love spring training. It's there's, to me, there's no better sounds than the sounds of spring training because there's no crowd. It's just it's just the, the pops and cracks and right. it's just ah, it's 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 so glorious to yeah. hear, but. It's really it for baseball. I mean, uh, uh, Hyunjin Ryu, Boris Corrent, Boris Client. There we go. Uh, he signed with the KBO team. I mean, the largest contract in KBO history. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, equivalent to seven, about twelve million dollars in our money. So hey, congratulations! A four-year deal. He'll probably retire after that, and you know, go back to his home country. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, wish good him the best. But yeah, good for him. But there's just nothing. There's nothing in baseball. There's no trade rumors. There's no like, hey. We, I hate doing like, well, who's gonna make the team? Because I got no idea. There's been no games, all right. And it, Wyatt Lankford, hey, he's cool. He's there. <laughs> he, and oh yeah, the, have you have you have you seen the jerseys? Jerseys suck. Have you seen this? Ours? Yeah. No. 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 Everybody's Nike. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And like, it looks so bad. Yeah, it does. And the Rangers ones don't look as bad, but they, it looks bad. Yeah. I think they may change it, but like, how do you change it? You've already been probably mass producing these. You better change it pretty dang quickly, but yeah. we'll see. It's it's pretty much majestic. Majestic <laughs> had it for so many years, and it was so good. Why did you change it? Why? 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 I know why. Money, but still, it, uh, very frustrating. And then there's just nothing in baseball right now. I mean, camp rumors or camp rumors. Yippee. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, apply a little bit of baseball IQ and common sense, and you'll be able to probably figure out most of the team right now, barring injuries, right? I mean, no one's going to challenge for any of the starting positions in any of the positions. Like, you know, I mean, anywhere. Maybe DH, but that's because DH is wide open. DH is a competition right now. No one's challenging Carter for left. No one's challenging Leody for center. No, Langford is not challenging Leody for center. I want everyone to realize that. No one's challenging Dolis, which, by the way, I think Dolis got bigger. I don't know how yeah. it's possible, but if you, his, <laughs> his arms look bigger. I still think it's funny. Oh, that, all the Astro fans in the comments saying, check this man for PEDs, something well, like that. Fine, go ahead and check him. You know, it's called, it's called he hits the gym. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he, he works out. Yeah. And some people just have great genetics, I guess. I mean, I, I would love to see what his parents look like. I feel like if his dad is built like the Hulk, then okay, yeah, it's genetics. Hey, but it's a big, strong dude. That's all it he is. is. Um, even then, people are saying PEDs, but go back and look at his days with the Cardinals. He was still pretty pretty well built. Yeah, he just got he just got He just got a little bit bigger, bigger because yeah. he's getting a little bit older, I guess. He's just, just getting bigger. Uh, but there's just nothing. No one's challenging low. No one's challenging Heim. No one. They're taking it easy with Heim because Heim just had a lot of those injuries in the mm, year. Yeah. It's just the time where when you're like the Rangers, you have a great roster. There's not. It's not. There's. It's not intriguing at this time because you're just. If you're not now, if you're like the Royals or you're, you know, the A's are just the A's. But if you're a team that's you know has a lot of interesting players, Royals up and coming a little bit coming through. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, there's a lot more interesting of a time. Speculate, but the Rangers, it's like, well, there's really no intrigue because we know, barring injury, who's probably the starting, at least the starting eight 
and probably the opening day starters going to be Evaldi unless Montgomery signs they want to give it to Monty. I still don't think you do. I still think you give it to Evaldi. Mm-hmm. You kind of know, okay, the clerk's probably going to be the closer. You know, Spores and Yates and Robertson are going to be kind of his, his setup men. We're just there's not a lot of intrigue right now, which is fine. I, I I'm I'm okay, I'm okay with bringing World Series and it not being intriguing at this time of the year. It's just like, hey, we've accomplished our goal. So mm-hmm. let's try and get back. Let's try and get another one. And once again, we wait another week to hopefully announce free agent signings. I have them all here on the on the thing, <laughs> like I did with the managers. So we will input all their names as they sign. Because now we'll shift to football. Um, and the Cowboys. Did a few did a few things. Did some cleaning. You know, the couple guys left, so they had to fill some fill some spots on their coaching staff. And Zimmer, I felt like got a few good guys. Uh, Jeff, I'm gonna butcher the heck out of this. It, it's Z G O N I. Z's gotta be silent. It's gotta be Ghana. Ghana. I think it's something like that. It's Ghana or something like that. Ghana. Yeah. He is the D. He was the D line coach or assistant D line coach for the Commanders. I believe he's now our official D line coach. I don't know if you've seen this man. This man's calves are the size of like my shoulders. <laughs> he is huge. He is a he looks like your stereotypical big former defensive lineman because he used to he played on the greatest show on turf defense. Yeah. He was a deep back, so he has a ring as a player. He's just freaking huge. He's just a built dude. And then we uh hired Greg Ellis, former defensive end under uh Mike Zimmer. Was the pick that we did uh, over Randy Moss, by the way. Just a fun little trivia. It was a fine player for us, but not Randy Moss. He's not Randy Moss. Uh, but Greg Ellis was actually the high school coach. So my hometown, Waxhachie, Texas, has a college. I mean, has I mean, if you, if you know uh, uh, two, technically, because it has a campus for the Navarro Junior College, has an actual college. It's NAIA. It's called SAGU. It's uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Very Christian college, a lot of you know, a lot of pastors, a lot of things that go through there. They have they have a football team that actually play at the high school stadium at Lumpkin Stadium. He was their head coach the last several years, last few years. I think he coached somewhere else this past year. Before that, last three or four, he had been the head coach Very of Sagu. Cool. Very cool. So uh, really cool for him, and you know, kind of feels like John Kitna. People don't know this. the The job he had before he was the Cowboys QB coach was the Waxhachie head coach. He was our head coach. He coached Jalen Rager and those guys uh, for a few years there, and up-and-coming draft prospect uh, Dwight Richardson and Ladarius Henderson. So he was; those were guys that he coached. Um, so, hey, cool for Ellis. He'll be the assistant D-line coach. And then Paul Gunther. He is the one that I didn't know who he was, but as you do more research, you go, this is a really cool hire because the, he has been a longtime Zimmer assistant. That That's one. But he's worked at a, at a lot of places with Zimmer. He was there with the. He was there in the. He was there with the Bengals with Zimmer. Um, he held staff assistant, assistant special teams, and assistant defensive backs coach, uh, assistant special teams, assistant linebackers, then assistant special teams and DBs again, then linebackers coach from 2012 to 2013. So hey, remember those linebackers? You know, Fontes Perfect, those guys, mm-hmm. really good linebackers. Then when Zimmer left, he was the DC from 14 to 17. And then went to the the Raiders under John Gruden was the DC, and then his last year, um, coaching was twenty twenty one under Zimmer. He was a senior defensive assistant, so he's been with Zimmer uh, a lot before. And his linebackers, when he was a position coach, his linebackers were some of the best in football. So to me, he sh- and then we, and he was an okay defense coordinator. It wasn't special, but there are some coaches that are just better as the as the position coaches, right? 
I mean, yeah. there are some coordinators that are better coordinators than head coaches, right? Like Dan Quinn has that title right now. We will see him with the commanders, but right now he is he has the title of he was a great coordinator, not a great head coach. Sometimes that happens, right? And sometimes you can be an okay even an okay coordinator, but a great head coach. It just it kind of goes like Shanahan was the he was a good offensive coordinator, but he's been a great head coach. Mm-hmm. And so at least it, in terms of up until the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> two blown leads as a head coach and one as an offensive coordinator, <laughs> ironically. But Gunther's going to be the defensive run game coordinator, and so what that tells me is that he is going to be working with the linebackers. And that is where his focus is going to be and in helping our run game, which is a, a problem that has still been persistent the past few years. So that's why I like it, is that he's been around. He's coached some great linebackers. He's coached some great teams that were good against the run. Because, you know, if you were coaching in that AFC North, you had to be good against the run. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, yep. they, Cleveland, they all like to run the ball. Uh, very smash-mouth teams. And so I, I like it for, for that because he's been around. And he strikes me as a better coach when you compart when you make his role smaller. He you maximize his, his 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 ability to coach. Cause if I'm coaching offensive line, I'm a great offensive line coach. I'm one of the best offensive line coaches. So then you say, I'm gonna make you offensive coordinator. Well now I'm dealing with everybody. I gotta worry about the quarterback. I gotta worry about running back, receivers, tight ends. I gotta worry about then the offensive line, right? So now you broaden what I have to worry about. Then you make me a head coach. Now that even I've brought, I've worried about the defense. It broadens what I have to worry about. Um, and although you know that it's, it's, it's some people just can't handle that, and that's fine. Yeah. So I like the hire. It seems to be you know long time defensive guy, been around a while, and I like it. I don't know if you heard about the. I don't think it's a rumor anymore. I think it's like an actual like thing. But J- Jimmy Johnson has apparently been in contact with Jerry, not for an official hiring position, no. but he is back in the swing of things, I think, for so certain roles with the Cowboys. It sounds like to me that they've just rekindled their friendship. Yeah. And Jerry's just going to act. I, I bet you what it was is that I read, so Jimmy Johnson has written a book. It's called Swagger. It's a really good book because it goes into his, he explained his philosophies on sports and, and team building, which, of course, is a draft guy I'm fascinated by. Sure. And what he looks for. And really interesting guy. And he was, in that book, he was, you know, talking about how a lot of coaches come to him and say, hey, what what's your advice? That You know, Jason Garrett came to me. What's your advice for me to be his head coach? He's a, he, him and Bill Belichick are great friends because they, they think very similar. Um, and that's why he, uh, Jimmy likes Belichick is because Jimmy says, I, I couldn't coach today. I couldn't coach with the salary cap and having to worry about all this stuff. But he said, yeah, I respect Bill because Bill has been able to do that mm-hmm. in this era. He was, he was able to transition into the new era. Um, but with Jimmy, I don't think he's back in the fall like he's been hired. Like, oh, he's this, a senior scout, yeah. putting in the emphasis on senior. Sorry, Jimmy. But, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's like that. I think it's more just he's rekindled his friendship. And Jerry, I think he's asked him, hey, yeah, if bull- you were yeah. me, what would you do? Yeah. And I'm sure Jimmy gave him, and I'm sure he may ask him, hey, um, about a few players. He says he's back in the fold. I don't think that means he's going to hire him, but I, I do think that it means that he's back in the terms of they're in good good graces. And if you read his book, he, he goes into his side of the story of what happened to him and Jerry, and I'm going to believe Jimmy before I believe Jerry, and that's just because I think Jimmy would not put a spin on it to try and make himself look better. Basically, is everything I've said before, which is 
Jerry's ego, and J- Jerry wanted, and he wants to be thought of as a winner alone. Not realizing he's an owner of the Ultimate Team game, and no one will ever give you alone credit. That's just, uh, if if we win the Super Bowl next year with a team that we mostly drafted, you know we're going to give the credit to? Will McClay. You, you still don't get it. Like, it's not going to happen for you. But we'll see. I, I heard that, and I actually think it's interesting. I think it's cool. I mean, I, I think that especially, you know, we've obviously had some bad playoff losses in recent years and lost 20 years, right? I think this one really took a turn on Jerry. And I, I really that. think that, I, I, I know we you know, say it every year, right? But Jerry, and he's looked like he's actually <laughs> done don't something. Say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. What? Don't, don't say it. Jerry has not changed. I'm joking. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm never going to say that. I'm joking with you. Yeah. You know, it just looks like he's actually taken some initiative after this loss compared to certain loss uh, to recent losses. I guess you could say it looks like he's actually trying to make the team better and trying to do what the team needs we'll with see. hiring Zimmer, with getting Jimmy back in the swing of things, just doing these small little things that that's what it takes to you know to to win and be successful. And I I really do think that this Packers loss took a big turn on him just mentally, and it looks like he's really trying to take a change. I think because they were going all in this year. I mean, trading for Brandon Cooks is up on Gilmore. I remember we were so excited about it yeah. because they don't do that. No. And the it, Cowboys don't make moves like that. And it was so great it was, additions. They were great, and they provided. And I, I think McCarthy misused Cooks a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that was a problem, um, which frustrated me. But Gilmore played excellent, mm-hmm. I, and he said he wants to come back, which mm-hmm. is great. You have Cooks for next year. So I think that... You know, I'm trying to think the all in move, and then it didn't work, and it, it ended in that. You know, it ended with just a humiliating loss. Like, I wasn't even usually after, like, I remember after the 49ers loss last two years, I've done some damage to some things. I've never actually done damage to myself because my brain will catch myself before I punch a wall. I'll never, like, I'll never destroy my TV. I don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, the first one I destroyed, no Bluetooth speaker I had that didn't work anymore. And then last year, I destroyed my old phone I didn't use anymore. So, like, but this year, I wasn't even mad. I was just like, this is actually happening. This was, like, in the back of my head. I was worried about this. And here it is. You get that. It, it is coming to life on my TV screen right now. And that was what was frustrating about it. It, it was more demoralizing than it was angering. Yeah. The last few years, I've been angry. I wasn't angry this year. I was just so disappointed. Yeah. It was just so just, like. A lot more disappointment. Disappointment. Deflated. Then, yeah, deflating. I was looking for the word there. And, and I mean, like, then anger. Let's see the playoff losses. Well, let's see. Romo's fumbled snap. Uh, we can go through the Desno catch. We can go to Aaron Rodgers and Jared Cook. <laughs> uh, we can go to the Rams one. I don't mind as much because they were just a better team. I mean, you, when you can't stop a bowling ball in a Anderson. Anderson, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just. Man, I can still hear my dad. Why can't we stop him? Oh, yeah. It was freaking, it was bad. And then you lose the Niners two years in a row. Then you lose the Packers. It's just it's just been it's frustrating. Yeah. It is frustrating as a fan of, of of your team to not see your team be successful. And you know, it's just and then everyone picks your team apart, this and that, and being a Cowboys fan. You know, I never felt like me and you were obnoxious Cowboys fans. See, there's a lot of Cowboys fans that piss me off. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, dude, we're yes, we're America's team. That's our moniker. But like, we're 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 just another football team. Like I, I like every every football fan's optimistic, but Cowboys fans, some of them can be overly optimistic. Yeah, right. And that's the frustrating part is that is that people put too much of a spotlight on the nutcases in our fan fan base, 
which was always frustrated me. But, you know, and then Dak has a new contract potentially coming up this year. And we've talked about this. He's going to get $60 million. Probably will. Is he worth it? Yeah. Sorry, he is. And then I, I want to ask you the question. Same thing I've been asking. I'll ask it probably every single freaking episode I have to. If you have an answer for me, leave it in the comments on YouTube. If not Dak, then who? It's not Cooper Rush, not Trey Lance. If you, if you say Trey Lance, I will just give you a laughing emoji. <laughs> if not Dak, then who? Because Well, Caleb Williams. Why are you going to get Caleb Williams? Who in that? Who, who, are, are, the, are you going to be able to? No, that's, that's not happening. You're not going to get Daniels. You're not going to get May. I don't want Penix. I don't want McCarthy. I don't want Knicks. Oh, dear God. There is no other quarterback that is readily available to you that is unequivocally better than Dak Prescott. It's not happening. So pay the man. Yeah, pay him. Just get him back. Move on. Yeah, exactly. That's what I got to say about that. He's going to get a lot of money, but that's just because of the that's just the, that's just the era. The cap goes up. The cap's going up like twenty million this year. Dak's going to reset the contract. You know, just reset it all. And then, you know, the next quarterback, the you know, we were talking about this before, you know, CJ Stroud's the next guy up when it comes to talent and just like, young, we, we youth. think, we think, you, right. As of right now, yes. You know, you don't see a lot of rookie QBs as successful as him. And you just think about, you know, in five years from now, who's going to get, you know, that first 70 year, 78 year. And I think he's, you know, a candidate for that. Um, but no, I mean, Dak's 60 mil is going to look a lot right now. But then and it is. There's just like it's twenty million. The cap is going up. Yeah, and we can restructure contracts and get like sixty million dollars. I mean, we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. But last bit of business for the NFL, and I want to do like a, a draft story or something. You know, some NFL story each week. This one maybe we do again at some point. What should the Bears do? The Bears are in probably the most unique position in NFL history. Back to back number one overall picks. Trade at year one. Coming off a solid year, You too. trade at year one, and you get another overall pick because the Panthers. So, what do you do? You Right now, you have an, a big option. You have two first-round picks. You know what that second one, you're going to get an impact player. You have a chance at, I don't remember where it is. I think it's either 10 or 12. Nine? nine? Yeah, the ninth pick. Is it nine? I'll, I think so. I'll, I'll look. Because I think a Doonesday was, a, like, you know, the mock the mock for them. Really? You, you have you, you have a chance for a big time impact player. You do at, at, at that position, but you have the one overall pick. They have the number. Oh, it's not telling me. It would really help it. They it, have nine. Yes, yeah, nine. I think it's the nine. So they're at nine. So you're looking at Odunze. You're looking at potentially a receiver, or I think Fashanu may be there. You could go to tackle, you could go corner, you could go edge. You have a lot of options there. But what if you could add Marvin Harrison Jr.? This is I still think they should trade back to two and then take MHJ at two. I agree with I you. I still believe in that. But you have a position where you Caleb Williams is right there. And don't get me wrong, Caleb Williams checks every single box physically. He's not he's not tall, it's one thing he doesn't check. Big arm. Make special magical plays. Oh my God, he runs around. Look at all that. If the NFL was just about how talented you are, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, Johnny Manziel, they wouldn't have been busts. Now, granted, they were busts because they didn't care. Williams seems like he does care. But the problem I have is that Williams has a lot of Manziel tape. 
where hikes the ball, and people say, well, he's like Mahomes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mahomes hikes the ball, looks, goes through his reads, and bails when he needs to. Williams hikes the ball and bails. Play hasn't even developed. He bails. He, he, he doesn't want to read the field. He, he doesn't want to read coverages. He wants to bail. I don't like that. That's a problem, right? People say, well, his offensive line was awful. There were reps where he was getting nervous pressure within two seconds, and that wasn't his fault. There are times where he created the pressure because he moves too much. And they're like, and then someone's like, well, he's moving immediately because he can't see over the line. I'm like, that's still a problem. Like, even <laughs> you just plugged one problem and made a new one. He's too short then. So if you're going to give him cleats that give him three more inches of height, I mean, that's what is not going to happen. <laughs> I, I just think it's there's a lot to like with Williams. But calling him generational is, I think, potentially disingenuous. Now, if he sits for a year, learns, doesn't get thrown to the fire, I think you could have something there. I mean, if he plays for the Commanders next year, he'll, he, he's, gonna, he's going to get killed. If he plays for Washington next year, he is going to die. He will never be successful in the NFL. I will put my stamp on that. If he goes to a team like Washington and plays year one. The problem is people want to say Mahomes, right? That's the comp. What did Mahomes do his first year? He sat. He sat behind Alex Smith, an old pro, guy who had been around in the league for 10-plus years. He sat because there was a lot of problems with Mahomes. His feet were awful. He made bad decisions. But you don't, but, but you don't think Caleb Williams is going to go to a team that has that guy starting already. He's not going to go to anywhere outside of... I mean, Washington, Chicago, Chicago, maybe Atlanta Raiders, depending if they trade up a lot. I mean, my problem is, is that he sat Mahomes sat. It made it helped make him successful. Sure. We are missing what the, the piece that made it the, the final ingredient was sitting behind Alex Smith that made Patrick Mahomes successful. That was the final ingredient. And people seem to be forgetting that fact, which is frustrating me when they give the Williams comp. So. If I'm the Bears, I'm tell you what I'd do. I'm trading it. I'm trading it. I don't. I don't want Williams. I mean, I'm not them. I haven't done the research. I can't. And you think what? What would the haul be if you know, say they trade Justin Fields to Atlanta? Do you think they could get a first round pick out of Atlanta? Not. Not pick number eight. No, you're gonna get a second. Probably a second and a fourth. Probably something like that. Probably okay. some second and a fifth. Some, I think you get a second, and you probably get— and is that worth it? You go Caleb, you go Williams at one, you go Dunze at nine, whatever, right, if he's there, and then you go whatever their second-round pick that you just get. I mean, Because they traded their first, second-round pick for uh, Montez Sweat. Right. From the Commanders. Yeah, which was a great— a So because so, 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 they, they had a bad defensive line need. So I think for the Bears, I'm trading. I don't want that pick. I want, I want a big get-out again. I would trade Washington. With, I would trade Washington. I would. I would tell Washington what it would cost. I'd tell Washington it'll cost your second round pick this year. Obviously, your first pick this year, mm-hmm. your second rounder next year, or sorry, your second rounder this year to recoup that second. That I. I'd really just say I want my second back. And then I would probably ask for a first next year. It's only one spot, but it's Caleb Williams. And you tell them, and I'd lie. I'd say if you don't make this deal, I got another team that's willing to pull trigger on one. I mean, what happens? They say no, then you draft Williams? Oh, darn, you lied. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think it was uh, the great Mickey Spagnola for the Cowboys who once said the draft, it's it's honor among thieves, yeah. is, is what it is in the draft. And so 
I'm curious to see what you'll do, but that would be what I do. I would trade out. I'm with you. I would draft. I would trade out with Washington and draft MHJ. If not Washington, I would probably trade back with. I'd trade with the Patriots. See if they want to trade up. If they don't want to trade up, I'd probably go back to Atlanta or Denver or Vegas and just get a haul. If you go back to the to Denver or Vegas, you are getting a draft day haul right from the movie. You're getting first rounder this year, first rounder next year, first rounder after first year, first round pick the next year. Two sec you're getting a massive amount of picks. Then I want to ask, is Caleb Williams worth that amount of picks? I think he is. But again, I can't talk to him. I don't have the medicals. I don't have the context with the coaches. I'm going off simply what I saw in the games I watched. So, but what would you do here, the Bears? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, trading down to was what they're going to do to with Washington, which is still one pick. You're going to get, you know, Harrison if you want him anyway. You might as well trade and get a bunch of stuff for him. Because to me, Harrison's an object. He's a generational receiver. Yes. 100%. He's the best player of the draft. And if you trade down one spot and you get, you know, way more, you know, assets in the future and assets in this draft, and you still get the guy that you wanted originally, I think you take that offer and you don't, you don't think about it twice. Well, and apparently they are going to make a decision soon. They have said they're going to make a decision by a combine what they're going to do. So, I mean, it kind of does take it. I almost. It's a cool and good, but also. I wonder, a weird situation. To it's be weird in. because if you don't trade, then you keep Fields. Then you and you and you decide to keep Fields. Then you just go with MHJ. No harm, no foul. But what I would do is it, to me, even if you get a third round pick from the Commanders, I think you still do make the deal just because you know they're moving up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to worry about not going to worry about a, a MHJ getting taken off the board there. I, I I would say move back, and I think you agree with me there. I like Williams. I think Williams is a great talent. I think he just he makes some throws that are unreal. There's a lot that I don't like about his tape. And I think there's a lot of problems with it. And I don't like his decision making from the time. I never really saw him sit, read a coverage, make a read, make a throw. I saw Penix do it over and over. I saw Jaden Daniels do it over and over. I saw May do it. I never really saw Williams do it. He was the least amount. Of, I've watched the big six of the quarterbacks, you know, with McCarthy and Nix. And Nix. Nick's, Nick's, his, his, that offense didn't require him to do that, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. McCarthy could do that. McCarthy reminds me of Purdy. He's still my comp. Reminds me a lot of Purdy. So, I mean, we'll see. The quarterbacks are intriguing because I think there could be six in the first round. And by the way, Seth, you know, Seth. So, Seth, people don't know, you know, friend of mine going, he's going he's gonna to be, he's, he's be on the draft show with us. He, uh, he does not like Williams. He has a hatred for Caleb Williams. It'll be that, that, it'll just, that'll be fun. I don't think you can deny the talent that he has, but I do think, you know, that he's over, it could be overrated. I think he could be overrated. I think he could be one of those guys that we look at in three years and go, man, we were wrong. Yeah. Not me, because I'm saying, <laughs> not me. Uh, I'm with you. I, don't, I, I think yeah. he could be a bust if you play him year one. I think if you sit him for a year, let him learn, or sit him for half a year, just don't throw him into the fire. That's what kills rookie quarterbacks. People don't realize that's what kills rookie quarterbacks. People say Tim Couch was such a bust for the Browns. He got killed. Same thing with David Carr. You, you get hit 70 times. You mm-hmm. can't do anything about that. Yeah. Right? The quarterbacks only do so much. And so I think, but the problem is that teams want the ticket sales. If you're, Chase, if, you, if you're the commanders and you need to sell tickets and you draft Caleb Williams. You're going to be selling those tickets. 
Yeah, but if you say he's not playing, you're not going to sell any tickets. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see. I want to see Williams play. That's just because people don't understand football. <laughs> Fans don't always understand football, which is you may want to sit the guy. Well, Dak Prescott didn't sit. Well, yeah, but Prescott, I don't say he, we got lucky that he happened to be a guy that could handle it, but not every guy could handle that. And even then, we had a good team. Yeah, probably the best offensive line in football still. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had a lot of a good roster around Dak. Commanders have good, good good receivers, bad offensive line. So, it'll just be very interesting to see what the, the commanders do. Plus, you know, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Does, does the defensive coach want to give Kingsbury his quarterback? Or does, does, he want to, does he want to sit at two? It, we'll see. It'll be a lot of intrigue. I'm this, excited. This draft will be a lot of intrigue. So the good thing about it is we just have to we just sit back and watch. We'll sit and watch and commentate live. That's what we do. Yep. So I'm excited. And uh, well, this has been a great episode. We will yeah. talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you guys. See you.